Hello and welcome to another episode of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Six. And Father, when I was at Mass last Sunday, um, a thought came to me that I guess probably never has, but it's probably one of these little basic things that if you sit back and think about it, kind of should. And that is an example of, of human beings in groups or societies, however you want to call it. And I'm going to draw an analogy here to try to prove my point. If a group of us go to a haunted house, you know, walking through a haunted house where people are trying to scare us, all of us are going to have a slightly different experience than the rest of us. You know, when the guy jumps out to scare you, is he targeting the first guy in the group? Is he trying to get the last guy in the group, someone in the middle, someone in particular? And not all of us are going to have identical experiences. Not all of us are going to come away from that remembering the same exact favorite part of it, scariest part of it, or what have you. But when we're in the context of the mass, at least my impression is we are all called to take the same experience away. That we just had an encounter with Jesus, and that is something that is massively important and something that we should strive to do more often in our lives. So starting with the essence that it's very hard for two people to experience the exact same thing in the remainder of our lives, but within the context of our relationship with God, in this case, through the mass, it's more universal and something that most people have at least the church has the common goal of us having a similar experience, much more so than a group going through a haunted house. So I wanted to, hopefully that question makes sense about kind of the, all of us to feel the same expression with Jesus. I wanted to have that conversation because to me, that is just mind blowing um, in so many different ways. Um, And then not to mention just my group in the haunted house, but, people all over the world and at all different times called to have this same encounter and same, same feelings and same goal when we're done with it. Um, Yeah. Thanks for setting up that contrast. I think it's helpful to think of things in those terms. And uh, I I actually, um, you, you may need to uh, push back on me a little bit and I might be understanding, but I, I would say we're not intended to have all the same experience or the same goal uh, any more than I suppose the goal of everybody in a haunted house is to get scared. I mean, is mm-hmm. to have your heart race a bit. So I suppose you could say your goal at the mass is to uh, encounter Jesus. But mm-hmm. in terms of uh, feelings or favorite parts or particular moments, I mean, I never have the same experience from one mass to the next, uh, let alone the same experience as anybody else. I don't have the same experience as myself uh, from one mass to the next. And that's because I'm in a different place uh, each time that I'm at mass. Uh, Sometimes, well, I was describing in the last episode, the loss of my mother. I mean, when I had mass the day that she died and I was uh, praying through the Roman canon, there's a part in which you say, uh, you remember all of the living. And I just had a sense in that mass that this was going to be the last time I included my mother in that list of the living whom I was praying for. Um, That was by far the most striking thing for me in that mass. That's not something I've ever experienced since. And I'm sure if anybody else uh, was at mass with me 
they weren't experiencing that at all. So um, it is a, it, uh, the mass, Romano Guardini described it very beautifully actually in saying, you know, the mass is a masterful instrument in which it draws forth the whole range of human experience and yet nothing is dragged into the light so that I can be in tears and you can be filled with joy sitting right next to me. And both of us can do that in a kind of personal and, and not super vulnerable way. And both things have been brought out by the same mass. And so actually, uh, I would say part of the beauty of the mass is that it engages people wherever they are. That would be different than something like a, uh, a charismatic prayer meeting, which is engaging everybody's uh, emotions in a little different way. Something like a praise and worship meeting or or even something like a, I don't know, maybe a Taze meeting or um, some some kinds of prayer meetings are meant to get people more in more lockstep like a movie would, where mm-hmm. presumably people are feeling the same things at same at the same points. But the symbolic nature of the mass, that is to say that everything in the mass means more than it appears at, at face value uh, because it opens up into an infinity. When I encounter Jesus as a great sinner, maybe I'm very aware of my sins and I experience him as a savior. That might be my encounter with Jesus at this mass. Whereas your encounter uh, being the the saint that you are rejoicing in the meeting with Jesus and and feeling the collaboration in ministry and a zeal to share this with everybody, the same mass, the same encounter with Jesus may be very different for us. And so, um, I would I would put it forth in that way. Maybe I'm missing a little. Of, no, of you, you basically seem exactly right. I was coming with a flawed presence, so or, or a flawed opening concept there, which is why I love having this conversation. You you, you tell me that uh, that I'm wrong and, and and why I'm wrong, and kind of look at things the correct way. So so I greatly appreciate that. Another thought that I had is as you were articulating that um, is that. Part of the mass, part of the faith, really, is to have the relationship, have an individual relationship with God. And while I know from my business teachings, I, I teach all over, that some relationships you have are inherently not balanced. The relationship that I have with my son as a 15-month-year-old is not balanced. You know, I am essentially doing everything for him. You know, and then the relationship that I have with my employees is a little bit different on that balance skew. Um, but everyone essentially at some point when we're living in the adult world and adult adult connection has a certain, you're another person, we're in this context and we treat each other relatively as equals. And my question is, as I'm getting to this here is, I can't think of any other power dynamic as I just articulated boss to employee, parent to child, than God to us um, in terms of power dynamic. It, nothing could be more vast than that. But at the same time, we're called to have an equal back and forth relationship, or at least a relationship back and forth that has to have some um, commonality. And from a X's and O's standpoint, that seems very hard, if not impossible, to accomplish from the framework that we look at society here in the way that business relationships and, you know, interpersonal loving relationships even are drawn up. 
And I wanted to talk about that. I know that we only have about 15 minutes left and I get a feeling that this could be a six episode question, <laughs> but I, I wanted to at least start the conversation and, and talk about how, how that's not an unreasonable starting request and acknowledging the elephant in the room that he's got and we're not, but how to, to really open ourselves up and put us in a situation where this isn't an impossible task to try to have a relationship, you know, with Jesus and God. Uh, yeah, the, uh, I like the, the contrast there between the imbalanced power dynamics in certain kinds of relationships. And when you have that imbalanced power dynamic, that's what falls under uh, what we call the virtue of piety. Uh, and that uh, piety, which one also has for one's country, uh, so there's a patriotism fits into that or one's government. There's a, there's a power dynamic there. The power dynamic of child for parent is a, uh, so, an, and piety is a particular kind of, um, a particular expression of justice. So justice is to give to each what he deserves. And um, at a certain level, justice could be thought of as equality. And then when you start to have impossible repayment dynamics, a child has received life from his parents. He can't repay that. Literally, they just can't repay that. And likewise, uh, everybody receives a certain kind of thing from the government that can't be repaid. We think of government in different ways. But, you know, think of, of uh, the king or something. And uh, there's, there's something that the, the power dynamic of the, of the ruler, the civil authority provides that can't be repaid. And so what do we repay it with? We repay it with reverence and an appropriate reverence for the level of uh, indebtedness, we might say, that is incurred in each particular group. Um, you know, a relationship between an employer and an employee is not a matter of strict justice because of, there is this kind of power dynamic. There's something gratuitous about that the employer is giving, I think. Um, in any event, the... Uh, the response is, of course, we do give as much as we can, uh, but then we also give reverence for the authority. So God has given us uh, existence. And as you said, there could not be a more vast power dynamic than creator and creature, than uh, savior and saved. Uh, so God has given us what we can never repay. We cannot create him and we cannot save him. And yeah, we can give him reverence. We can give him piety. We can give him uh, filial love, the love of, of sons for a father or of, uh, even uh, servants to a master. Uh, you know, but we can give him uh, the great love of a, of a creature to a creator. And so we repay. We don't repay in a strict way. We, we repay with an, another gift, um, a gift that we cannot repay. And so uh, we, we enter into this kind of relationship with, uh, with the Lord, which is, uh, which is very beautiful. And, and what he has done for us, of course, is he has made himself vulnerable to us, that he has made it possible for us to give him something that he cannot give himself, which is kind of amazing. Although we cannot give him what he has given us, we can give him what he cannot give to himself, which is to say our free choice, our free choice to love him to serve him, to follow him, to listen to him. Whenever we exercise our free choice towards him, we give him something he cannot give to himself. Uh, he cannot because 
he has really given that to us. He's given us a genuine freedom that he doesn't control, that he won't control. And so he makes himself vulnerable to us in a way that we can reject him and sin against him, or that we can love him and we can give him something freely that is ours. And as we we grow in that love relationship, of course, that's really our growth and holiness uh, as we become more united with him. And you put that, it's like, wow, well, there actually is something <laughs> um, that, that, that we give. And, and, and the ultimate takeaway from that is time. You know, it, it, it's to, to do any of the, the elements that, that you just said there, it requires concerted time. Um, really, as I guess any relationship is, you know, that's how you keep things from fading away. You keep them current on the surface. And obviously, a weekly attending of mass is, is a way to hit the the refresh button on that. But I kind of think of this as, you know, anyone who's ever been in a basement before or an attic and has found like a really old mirror. And when you first look into it, it, it's kind of reflective, but there's dust all over it. It's kind of grimy. Like you can tell what it is, but it's not really working right. And then you spend that time to, to clean all that dirt and dust off it. And then you're like, wow, this is a, it's a really clean and crisp mirror. Like it's doing exactly as it says. And to me, that's kind of like what the relationship is, is the stronger the relationship is, the better that reflection is in the mirror. And each time you renew it and spend time with them, it's a form of wiping it away. And how powerful that connection is, is how good was the cleaner that wiped it away. So there are some people who can see someone twice a year, but because it's such a good connection, it's enough to have a great shiny mirror. You're using like the greatest cleaner of all time. And there's some people that it's like, you know, you basically didn't even wet it and did nothing. And that's not enough. You're going to need to do a, a lot of interaction. And that's obviously between everyone else. So I bring this up because every person can think of an example of that. People I need to see a whole lot people I need to see every once in a while. And essentially what I'm trying to strike here is a convoluted way or maybe a long way of getting to what is the reasonable expectation that we should have with God in that capacity? Because just like anyone else, that mirror can start getting dusty and in the back. And there's so much other things going on in our lives that that mirror might not be the, the first thing we go to when we wake up in the morning. And to think about it and to, to have that relationship. Essentially, what what for each of us, which might not even be a possible answer for each of us, but what is the the appropriate way to going about of thinking of giving time to this relationship and stepping into it correctly? Um yeah, the uh, well, I, I would first observe that that all time is not made equal in the sense that we can give different kinds of time uh, in in relationships, and we can give time doing different kinds of things. So, an hour spent at mass um, is not comparable to an hour spent walking in the park or something like that necessarily. So, uh, now ultimately the quality of the time that we give to him has to do with how much of ourselves we give to him in that time. And all things being equal, mass has a way of drawing more of ourselves out of us and the support of the community, the ritual of the church, the reception of the Eucharist, the variety of things intensify and enhance our, our self-offering. So 
Um, that's a really valuable kind of time. As we become holier, uh, it may be possible. And as we become incapable of getting to mass, like when we're dying, as we were talking about in a previous episode, uh, those, those last days, uh, a few minutes of that time, although it's not at mass, can be a profound offering of ourselves to him, really totally given over. But, um, and then likewise, spending time, you know, an hour with a dying person or an hour uh, with a hospital visit or an hour with a, a poor person or an hour with scripture or an hour in front of the blessed sacrament, or there are a lot of different ways we can give time and, and they all have their own value. And as we know from other human relationships, um, a variety of those things is going to build the relationship most effectively. And so uh, spending time in different ways with a spouse, with a child, has a way of developing that, that relationship. But time is always a bit of human currency because we have a strictly limited amount of it. And so giving any of it for a particular thing identifies a priority and uh, is, is part of our gift of self. Um, so, so there's no substitute for just dedicated time on the one hand, on the other hand, uh, because God is the ground of being and he's always with us, we can do everything with him and for him and through him. And we can learn to make him a part of, or allow him be aware of him and offer everything for him in everything that we do throughout the day. And so we should also be aiming towards that to pray without ceasing. We learn to pray without ceasing by praying sometimes. And so when we get up in the morning, we by all means want to, he should be the first thing on our minds. Uh, he's the first one who's listening to us for sure. And so the more that we are uh, paying attention to him, offering a few minutes to him, some people like to have a whole prayer routine in the morning, which is very beautiful, but certainly acknowledging him as soon as we wake up in the morning checking on that relationship, giving ourselves to it, setting the purpose of our day and offering everything for him. That morning offering, as it has been traditionally called, is, uh, is a very beautiful way to deepen our relationship with him. And something that we all cl- implement here, moving forward here in, uh, in our day-to-day lives is, as we include this episode. So we hope that this is something that we can implement into ourselves, implement into our daily and routine. And to make ourselves better as a result of it, because one of the goals I've had of Father and Joe here was to try to figure out how to answer the question of what can I tangibly tell people that you get out of a relationship um, with God? And it is one of these things that for I know, Father, you can attest to this, that you change over time. But to say the exact moment, like this is when the change happened it can can be hard for most people because it's just such a purifying process that just enhances all of us and you will not recognize it or most people will not recognize it in the process. But when you look back and go, yeah, that, that, that relationship I had with Jesus really did make things a whole lot better. And as a result, we're better off for it. Can I exact say the moment where, you know, the medicine kicked in and my pain went away? Probably not. But just like painkillers, it really hurt an hour ago, but now it's awesome. Now, now it's much, much better. And do I know the exact moment the thing kicked in full effect? Doesn't matter. What matters is, is that it's better now 
because of the relationship that we have with Jesus. And this being a stepping stone to enhance that, um, certainly something that will help all of us moving forward. So we thank you for being with us. Please continue to click like and subscribe. We are growing like crazy. And we thank you all out there for helping us through word of mouth. So thank you all.